Hey, it's good to see you this morning. Celebration. It's good to be here with you today. I'm thrilled to be able to speak to you today. And uh, we love Pastor Frankie and Allie. I've known Frankie a long time since we were both back doing youth ministries many years ago. And uh, as we got older, God made us go pastor adults. And so uh, I'm just thrilled to be here with you guys today. I feel like God sent me here to give you a specific message. But before I do that, I do want to give a shout out to my kids, Alyssa and John, and uh, that serve here week in and week out. They are awesome, and I'm uh, thrilled to have them be in service with them today, and my wife as well to be with, uh, with you guys today. Well, I, I feel like God uh, sent me here to tell you today, very specifically this, that he's a God of miracles. I don't know what you came in here with, what situation, I don't know. He didn't tell me those things. He just told me to tell you that he's a God of miracles. So the God we serve is a God of miracles. Now, I know that Pastor Frankie likes to have you help him. He needs all the help he can get, and so do I. And so that's why we asked you to help us. So when I point to you, I want you to say he's the God of miracles, okay? I'll say he's the, and you say God of miracles, okay? So from this side all the way across over here. So sometimes the sides just let the middle do the work. But I need all of y'all to do the work. So today I'm talking to you about the fact that he is the the God of miracles. And we all have times in our life where we need the miraculous to happen. So before I go into this, I want you to understand this, that we operate in the natural. But God, every day, all day long, operates in the supernatural. So God doing a, a miracle is, is as simple as you brushing your teeth this morning. Hopefully brushing your teeth this morning. God doing miracles is easy for him, and he wants to do the miraculous for you and for me. So today we're talking about the fact that he is the the God of miracles. I, now, I heard a story about this lady that had, uh, she was at work and experiencing this thing that you and I have experienced before. We're, we're at work and we get a call and this lady got the call from her babysitter that her, her child was sick. So she packed up her stuff as quick as she could. She rushes out the door and she pulls in the pharmacy to pick up some supplies and, and to rushes back out to the car. And she realizes when she gets to the car, that she has locked her keys in her car. I'm not going to ask you how many of you have done that, but, but it, it's pretty common for somebody to do that at some point, and, and she is panicking. She calls her babysitter. I, I don't know what to do. I, I don't know how to get in my car. I can't, I can't get in my car. I don't know. I, I can't get to you. And the babysitter says, you better hurry. Your daughter's fever is on the rise. The babysitter says, look for a coat hanger. Look around for a coat hanger. See if you can get a coat hanger. So the lady looks around and, and finds a coat hanger on the ground. She picks it up and walks over to the car and looks at the car and looks at the coat hanger and looks at the car. <laughs> what do I do with the coat hanger? I don't, she didn't know how to use the, the coat hanger. And in her moment of anxiety, she just said, God, 
Would you send somebody by here to help me? About that time, she hears a, the rumble of a motorcycle pull up behind her. The guy pulls into the space, and he is scary looking. Dirty, greasy, scary looking. She glances over at him and glances back at her car like, like I need help, but I don't know if I can talk to you without getting killed. And, and she's holding this coat hanger, looking at her car, looking at the coat hanger, looking at the car, and the guy comes over and he says, Ma'am, do you need some help? And she goes, I was just praying for help, you know, because sometimes we throw the Christian thing out there, you know, like so we don't get killed by somebody. So I was just praying for some help. And the guy says, let me, let me have that. He takes the coat hanger, and in just a minute, he has that car popped open, and she is getting in, in the car. She's getting in the car. She grabs him and hugs him, and she says, thank you so much. You're such a nice man. She gets in the car, and the man says, ma'am, I'm, I'm not a nice man. I... I just got out of prison earlier today. I was in prison for car theft. <laughs> You're ahead of me. You're quick. Boy, this is a quick bunch. She throws up her hands and says, Oh, God, thank you. You even sent me a professional. <laughs> Hallelujah. She's off to help her sick daughter. We all know what it feels like to be in a time of crisis and, and need help and feel like there's no, nobody around to help. And we cry out to God and God shows up for us. So let me take you to the scripture in the book of John, chapter number 11. Now, this is a book that's written by a guy named John the Beloved. It's different than John the Baptist. It's John the Beloved. Now, John the Beloved is one of Jesus's very best friends. They are tight John writes this book that's really a, a good insight into who Jesus is and how Jesus thinks and processes. So John writes this story in John 11 about three other people that are also extremely close friends of Jesus. Now those people are Mary, Martha, and their brother. And do you know what his name is? Lazarus. Good guess. Lazarus. So in this story, we pick up we pick up the story right at the beginning in, in John 11, verse number 1. It says this. Now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore the sisters, Mary and Martha, sent to Jesus saying, Lord, behold, he who you love is sick. When Jesus heard that, Jesus said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be revealed and glorified through it. So this brings me to the first thing I want to, to tell you today. Not only, not only is, is our God the Y'all are quick. Like I told you, these sides are quitting on me already. They're quitting. Our God that we serve, he is the God of miracles. Good. That's right. He's the God of miracles. And this scripture shows us and other scriptures show us that before things happen to us that Jesus already knows. So I want you to get that in, 
your mind. Jesus knows the pain that you're dealing with, the obstacles that you're up against. Jesus already knows. How does this show us that Jesus already knows? Jesus says right there in verse number four, yeah, but the sickness that he's got, it's it's not going to be unto death. It's for God to be glorified. That's what the sickness is all about. Now, other places in the scripture, it also reveals to us that God is what we refer to as omniscient. That means that God is all-knowing. From the very beginning of time to the very end of time, it says he is the alpha, that's the beginning, and he is the omega, he is the ending, and he is all in between. But see, you and I, we travel along a linear timeline, but God is not limited to your timeline and my timeline. God is the beginning, and he is the end, and he already knows all that's going on, past, present, and future, and he's interested in you. He knows. He knows. Sometimes you feel all alone in your pain. You feel like you can't express it to anybody, but you need to know God already knows. He already, he already knows. Sometimes we're going along and everything feels fine. It just feels like things are flying along great. And all of a sudden, out of the blue, just wham, just tragedy strikes. There are problems that happen. Problems like with our relationships. Maybe problems with work or with money or with sickness. Problems like that. Maybe, maybe those kind of problems happen. You know what? They happen to all of us. How many of you have had relationship trouble at some point in your life? Let me me see. You can be honest. You don't have to point at anybody. That's wrong. Don't do that. Don't point at people. Yeah, she's a problem. Hmm. We have problem with work. We have problems sometimes with money. Sometimes we have problem with sickness in in our body. So what happens to us is this. These are not just sitting here on our shoulder and going around with us. They really, what happens is, is they take over and they're really in our face more like this. And we can't see through our problems to get to God or to anyone else. We can't, oftentimes we can't even get to prayer because our problems are so overwhelming to us. We, we want to climb up in the bed, put the cover over our head, go outside, work on the car, work on the yard, do something that is not going to help with one of these things right here so that we can avoid this because it's so much in our face that we're trying to do something to get some distance from it, but we can't. Let me tell you what you do about this right here. When this is in your face and you can't see how big God is because your problems are so big right here, this is what you do. I'm going to turn to the side perspective so you can see it. When this is in your face like this, this distance right here between your problems and your face is where your faith goes. This space right here is where you put your faith. You say to your problems, I know that I'm not alone, that God already knows. Before 
that debt came, that bill came, God already knew. You put your faith right there. Before that relationship problem happened, God already knew. God knows, God knows, God knows. Before I had that sickness, God knows. He's got a plan. He knows. And you put your faith right there. And before long, you're way over here because you've put your faith in there. And when you put your faith in there, the perspective is this. No longer is this clouding your view of everything, but you can see that our God is so much bigger than our problems because our problems have been distanced from us by our faith. We put our faith in between us and our problems because God already knows all that we're dealing with. So back in John 11, the request has been made of Jesus by Mary and Martha to come in and heal their brother, Lazarus. It, it reminds us that what we're supposed to do first when a problem arises is, is we're supposed to take it to Jesus, not just to Facebook. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm not knocking Facebook today. I'm not going to... No, you can tweet out whatever you want to tweet, whatever, that's whatever. But I'm just telling you, take your issues to Jesus. Facebook can't fix them. It can't. But Jesus has answers, right? Why? Because he is the You didn't even help me. I was counting on you to help me over here. I was counting on you. I'm going to give you another chance, okay? Or you're going to have to stay late after class. We serve a God that is the God of miracles. Perfect. Thank you. That's great. So not only does God know about the problems that we're dealing with before we even know about them, but also I want you to hear this today, that from this scripture we see that God cares about the things we are dealing with. God knows and God cares. Say that out loud. God knows and God cares. God cares. We see this in John verse number 5. It says this, Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister Mary and Lazarus. He just loved them. They're close. He loved them. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed two more days in the place where he was. What? Does, does that strike anybody else strange? To, He's, he's sick, and we think he's going to die. Could you please come and heal him? And Jesus says, yeah, I'll get there when I get there. <laughs> what? <laughs> but we need to understand, our timing and his timing are not the same thing. So it goes on to say this. Then after this, Jesus said to the disciples, let us go to Judea again. You see, we need to trust him with these things, this, this stuff. We need to trust him with this stuff, even when he doesn't fix this stuff in our time frame. Has anybody else ever gone to the microwave, popped popcorn in the microwave, and you're frustrated that it's not, it takes two whole minutes? And you're like, come on, man, the movie's, come on. 
The movie's on. See, we live in an instant microwave society, and we want things to happen right now. Pop, pop, pop. That's what we want to happen. And when Jesus doesn't do the pop, 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 come on. We're like, come on, Jesus. Um, I guess he doesn't know. I guess he doesn't care. But that's just not the truth. He knows, and he cares. He's just on a different timeline than you and I. He'll fix it. You just got to give him some time. So here's what happens in the scripture. We pick up the story where Jesus arrives on the scene and his buddy Lazarus is dead and buried already. And Mary and Martha are super upset. There's a whole crowd of the Jewish people that had kind of been against Jesus that are there with Mary and Martha and they're comforting Mary and Martha because of the death of Lazarus. And Jesus arrives, and we pick up this in verse number 23, and it says this, that Jesus says to Martha, your brother will rise again. And Martha said to him, I, I know he'll rise again in, in the resurrection at the last day. And Jesus said, time out right here, let me tell you this. This is one of the most important scriptures in all of the whole Bible. This right here is one of the keys to the whole thing. And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. He goes on and says, whoever believes, whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. This is speaking of us who believe in Jesus, have an eternal life with him in heaven someday. How many of you are looking forward to that? We all want to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die to get there. He says, do you believe this? He said this to Martha, one of his very best friends. Martha, do you believe this? And she responds to something that you and I must at some point in our life respond to. We must express our faith in Jesus, not just come to a great church that makes us feel good. It's not about religion. It's not about church attendance, although everybody ought to go to church all the time, every day. Martha responds, and this is Martha's confession of faith that you and I must have in order to be saved. Martha says this. She said to him, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is to come in the world. And because Martha was sad, Mary was sad, and the people around were sad, Jesus felt deeply for them. He wasn't sad because Lazarus had died. He was sad because they were sad. Verse 33 says he groaned, he groaned in himself. Verse 35 is the shortest scripture in all, all the whole, whole Bible, and it says that Jesus wept. He's not sad because Lazarus is dead. He's sad because his friends are sad. You see, you think that God is too big and too far away to even know what's going on with you or even care what's going on with you. But when you cry, God cries. That's what Jesus is doing right here. Jesus is crying because his friends are crying. When you hurt, God hurts. He cares what you're going through. He cares. 
He'll send us along a pathway, and it's not always easy. Oftentimes, it's very hard. But he knows and he cares. Let me tell you something that happened to me. Seven years ago, I left real ministry of working with teenagers to go over and to pastor this church, right? And I'm pastoring this church that is hurt. It, God asked me to go to, to take this church. It's hurt. They had big dreams. They had a great young pastor. And because of crisis, he leaves. And before we get there to, to take the church, the leadership of the church, the rest of the team left as well. So we get there, and there's no leaders, just, just me and my wife, my kids, and the Lord. So it was hard, very, very difficult. It's a bad situation, and we needed miracles. We were in a little old building, little old sanctuary building, and God's helped us to be able to buy property next to us and to be able to buy, you know, and to make that into a kid's church and office building and buy some more property and make that. We're developing all that. Right now, I am out there on a tractor several days a week working on the property. Seriously, you drive by, and oftentimes you can see me out there on a skid steer. I know some of you are judging me right now. You're stereotyping, judging me. You say, you really don't look that redneck, but I am. <laughs> I, I am. I am. I'm out there on the tractor, and I'm dirty, and it is awesome. It is awesome. We just dug a big lake across the front, and we planted trees, and most of those trees have lived. <laughs> planted trees, and we're, we're building this uh, sidewalk in the next few weeks. And so before we put in a sanctuary, we're putting in a park right in the middle of our property there for our community. Our community needs it. We want to do that. And we put in a baseball field, and it's, it's, it's just what God's leading us to do, and, it, and it's and it's awesome. We love that. We call it Central Park because it's right in the central part of our property there. And uh, there are going to be people that help me take care of it. I call them the Central Park Rangers. And it's, it's, it's fun. So later on, we're going to be building a sanctuary. And, and 11 days ago, we had our first meeting with our leadership. It was my elders and my staff. And we sat down to talk about going into a building campaign to raise the money to build a new sanctuary building. Because like I said, our sanctuary is, was built a long time ago, it's smaller, and we need a new sanctuary. So one of the things we realized in that talk was that we can't afford to build what God has laid on our heart to build. So I'm sitting there and I'm super overwhelmed. Anybody ever been overwhelmed before? <laughs> yeah, I'm sitting there and my heart is pounding out of my, my chest. The anxiety is taking over. I, 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 um, I, I, I'm turned white. I look terrible. And, and I said, well, it's like we can't afford to build what God's told us to build. And the consensus we came to was that God was going to have to pay for it. If, if, if that's what God has led us to do, and we know it is, then he was going to have to provide the resources because we could not afford it, period. So we left, and I was, I was trying to be encouraging, guys, this is going to be great. And inside, I'm going, oh, my God. <sighs> 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 
The next day I get a phone call, random phone call, a guy that wasn't at the meeting, didn't know about the meeting, doesn't go to our church, calls me and says, hey, uh, uh, I was thinking about your building and I was, uh, I was wanting to meet up with you sometime and give you a check for your new building that you are going to build sometime. And he said, next time I see you, I'll, I'll give you the check. And I said, when do you want to see me next? <laughs> so I made arrangements to meet up with this, this guy and, and uh, gives me the check. And I, uh, you know, thank you. You know, I, I applied, thank you. And I opened the envelope and the check was for $100,000. <laughs> I, I, I had to, I kept counting the zeros to make sure I was reading it right. Ten, a hundred thousand, a hundred thousand. I don't know, that may happen to you all the time, but it doesn't happen to me very much. It's awesome. It's awesome. It was God saying, I know and I care. And more than you want to reach people, I want to reach people through you. It's God putting his stamp of validation on what we're trying to do, just like God provided miracles for your church to get into this beautiful facility and out of this school and that school into a permanent home. You see, the God we serve is the God of miracles. He's the God of miracles. So God is deeply moved by the things that deeply move us. It's just really, really the truth. But not only does God know about our problems and our issues that we face, not only does God care about these things, but we serve a God that is a God of miracles, and he can fix it. He can fix it. Can you say that out loud with me? He can fix it. He knows, he cares, and he can fix it. He knows, he cares, and he can fix it. Say it out loud. He knows, he cares, and he can fix it. But oftentimes we feel like we don't deserve it. It's, it's, it, it, it ah, I just, I know that God can, but I don't know if he will for me. Let's go back to our story. So, verse 38, it says this, Then Jesus, again, groaning in himself, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone was laid against it. And Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of him who was dead, said to him, Lord, by this time there is a great stench, for he has been dead for days. If you read this in the King James Version, just a side note, it said, it said by this time he stinketh. I love that. That's my favorite, one of my favorite scriptures. Surely he stinketh. <laughs> Verse 40, Jesus said to her, Did I not say to you, if you would believe, you would see the glory of of God. If you would believe, you would see the glory of God. And I say the same thing to you and to myself. If, if we will just believe, we will see the glory of God. And then they took away the stone from that place where the dead man was lying. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and he said, Father, I thank you that you've heard me. I know you always hear me. But because of the people who are standing by, I've, I've said this, that they may believe, that they, these Jews, may believe that you sent me now. 
When he said these things, he cried out loud with a loud voice and he said, Lazarus, come forth. And he who had died came out bound hand and foot with grave clothes on him. And his face was wrapped with a cloth. His body is all wrapped up. And Jesus said to them, loose him and let him go. It says this, then many of the Jews who had came with Mary and Martha that were mourning the loss of Lazarus, they had seen the things that Jesus did and they believed in him. Could it be that some of the turmoil that you are going through, some of the problems that you are facing isn't about you, it's about other people that are around you that need to see God in action. They need to see God do a miracle so that they in two could believe upon him. Because he is a God of miracles. But you know what? I, I feel like today, I, I'm supposed to tell you this, that some of you in this place, you feel like you don't deserve a miracle. Because you look at yourself in the mirror and you see your sin. But when, when you have confessed your faith in Jesus, you're doing your best to serve him and live for him. You may look at yourself in the mirror and see your sin, but God doesn't look at you in the mirror and, and see He doesn't look at you and see your sin. He looks at you and sees His Son. Let me explain it to you like this. Would anybody like to go on vacation today? Anybody? You get a vacation and you get a vacation. I'd love to be able to do that. If you were to fly today over New Zealand, one of the things that you would see in New Zealand this beautiful rugged uh, landscape rocks and and huge bluffs and greenery and then as you get closer you would see that there are a lot of white dots down there and you get closer and you see those white dots are moving those white dots are sheep and the sheep are everywhere it's their number one industry is raising sheep they have a season there that's known as the lambing season. The problem is because of the harsh climate and the rugged terrain, oftentimes there are mamas that, have, that give birth to a baby and that baby doesn't make it. That little lamb doesn't live. And on the other hand, there are, there are mamas that give birth to a, a baby lamb and the lamb lives, but the mom does not. So the shepherds have done something for generations. They have done this sheep adoption agency, right? Where they take the baby that lives and put it with the mama that lost a baby, right? They put the two together. The problem is, is that mama that's lost a baby knows that that new little orphan baby is not hers. That mama will not take on, in the natural, will not take on that orphan. It's not hers. So here's what the shepherds do. The shepherds take that little baby lamb and they will skin it. They will take its skin off of it. And they will bring it over and they will put it on that little orphan lamb. They'll wrap it around that little orphan lamb. And then they will bring that little orphan lamb with the coat of the other lamb on it and bring that in to the mama sheep. The mama sheep will smell the baby and recognize 
her own baby wrapped around that other little little baby lamb. And the mama will take that little lamb to raise even later on after this coat has worn off. Now, I know you didn't come here today to hear a message about sheep, but you need to understand how this applies to you and it applies to me. You see, we are the little orphaned lamb. Our sin has orphaned us. It's left us alone. But because of the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ, that was slain for us, His blood was shed. He, he, his back was stripped. He was stripped bare. And it's, and it's His skin, it's His blood that's placed on us. And because of the Lamb of God, we are able to come to God the Father as an orphan that's covered in His Son. And God the Father recognizes not us, not our sin, but His Son and takes us to raise to where we can come in and we can cry, Abba, Father, or Daddy, God. So you may not deserve a miracle, but you're not getting a miracle because of you. You're getting a miracle because of Jesus. It's all about Jesus. God loves you and He wants to help you when you wrap yourself up in His Son. He doesn't look at you and see your sin. He looks at you and sees his son. And God will do anything. Move heaven and earth for his son, Jesus. And that's what he wants to do for you and for me. As we become children of God, we serve a God that is the God. The God of miracles. He is. He is the. Stand to your feet. I want to pray for you today. We serve a God that is the God of miracles. Now the greatest miracle that there is is the miracle of salvation. Where we confess our faith in Jesus and he saves our soul for eternity. That's the greatest miracle possible. So I want to pray for you first for that. Would you just bow your heads and close your eyes all across this place? As your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed today. If you're in this room and you need to get things right with God, I'm not going to embarrass you, call you forward, do anything like that. I just want to pray with you right where you're at. If there's wrong things in your life you need to get right, slip up your hand. Let me pray with you right now. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Hands are raised from front to back, side to side. Anybody else in this room, I need to get some things right with God. That's me. That's me. Slip up your hand. Let me pray with you today. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Yes, thanks. Anybody else today? I need to get some things right with God. I want to make sure things are right with God. Slip up your hand. Let me pray with you as well. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. Everybody in this room, just say this with me out loud. Say, Jesus, I'm sorry for all of the wrong things that I've done. I need you to come into my life to clean me up. I thank you for hearing me and for forgiving my sins. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Now I want us to pray for one another across this place. Would you just put your hand on the shoulder of someone near you there? The Bible says that we the church, we are supposed to pray one for another. And we're going to believe for miracles. He's the God of miracles, right? Some of you in the room today, you need a miracle. He's the God of miracles. You reach out and ask him for that miracle today. You take your need to Jesus right now as I pray for you. God. 
You see these needs in this place today. You know their lives, Lord Jesus. Touch them. Help them, God. Help them, God. Some of them are facing huge mountains in their way, God. Help them. Heal them. Forgive them. Clean them. Make a way where there seems to be no way. God, work in their lives. Do a miracle. You're the God of miracles. You know about our issues. You care and you can fix it. You know you care and you can fix it. You're the God of miracles. We trust in you today. 